We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. What a privilege to be your host for another episode, one that is very meaningful, certainly very personal to your host. I'm joined once again Dolomite Dave Martinez seated right next to me, D2. This is an episode that drives at who we are and some of the things that you and I absolutely think about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's with our guests, we are, uh, you know, I think I've been inspired by them and I hope that, you know, because I didn't get, I, I'm not a, a long time runner. I probably started kind of more of my midlife, you know, uh, so late thirties, early forties is when I, truly... gosh, I hope that's not midlife for you, my friend, <laughs> that you were just, I mean, that is not midlife. Right. And I, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually 30 by the way, uh, but <laughs> that uh, I don't believe either. <laughs> But, you know, um, you know, the idea of being able to run and, and the question is like, how long can you run? You know, at what point does your body give out? At what point do you just say, you know, my body can't take it? And with our guests, you know, today, we can go a long time. And the evidence might be through them as well as some of the research that we will cite. There does not need to be an end. This can go on forever. And if I am honest, I know that when I was younger, whether it was in my running or any other pursuit athletically, I took my fitness, my condition, my injury-free nature for granted. And now that we are no longer in our 20s or even younger than that, it is something I think about more frequently. I love, love, love this lifestyle so much. It's part of the satisfaction I get out of every single day. And yet I also know that like John and Don and Kermit, who all of you will get to meet here very shortly. I want to be just like them when I grow up, where that enthusiasm and that level of participation does not change from what it's been for me now for two plus decades. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, I think if I had any you know long-term goal, it's not a PR. It's not to qualify for any specific, you know, race. For me, it's to continue to run and to be healthy into my 70s, 80s, even 90s if I get to live that long. And, and hopefully running will allow me and being physically active will allow me to do that. Well, and that's our teaser for the episode coming to you with our featured conversation. It is longevity in fitness and in running. The three gentlemen who we have pulled for this conversation are all 70 plus years of age. They have a story to tell and more importantly, they have wisdom to deliver to all of us, D2 and I included, but we are all in this together, hosts and listeners alike. D2, one thing before we go to a break, I just want to say how thankful I am not just to be sitting next to you and to do this broadcast, but also for things like those who did gobble jog just recently, those who completed the Atlanta Thanksgiving Day half marathon, those who made Thanksgiving Day one of the most popular days all year long to participate in a local road race. That is super cool. That is one way to ensure your own longevity in and around a pedestrian active lifestyle. So thankful for that. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm I, yeah. I think we're all thankful for you know, and, I hope, and we are coming back from Thanksgiving break, and uh, I hope everyone had a great time and uh, got to spend some time with our, uh, with their families. You know, one of the things that I'll say, and, and Mike and I were kind of joking about this, you know, previously, is that you know because we are taking this a little early, and because you know we will be traveling, and our schedules didn't quite line up. Little joke, and you know, based on the audio quality, it's like <laughs> you've heard of carpool karaoke and comedians in cars getting coffee. We're actually recording this intro uh, in my car with it, and we'll post a photo about it because that's kind of what it is. Our schedules, in order to get this podcast out, we're having a little fun, and we're actually sitting in my uh, Jeep. Uh, recording this podcast. We will stop at nothing to deliver the content. Imagine if we were actually rolling how much we would be in violation of the new state of Georgia statutes, but that's the way it works. We roll on. We will be right back after this brief message with a conversation that will mean something to all of us. Please do not go anywhere. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We say all the time, may your best miles be those covered on foot. And boy, D2, we mean that in everything we do at Big Peach Running Company. And obviously, this little broadcast of ours is intended to keep people out on the roads and living a pedestrian active lifestyle. Today, what a treat for us and all of our listeners. We have real experts who are joining us. And before I introduce them, I want to read something that was published last year in the New York Times. I believe this will set up our conversation very effectively. And it says, running may be the single most effective exercise to increase life expectancy. According to a new review and analysis of past research about exercise and premature death, the study found that compared to non-runners, runners tended to live about three additional years, even if they run slowly or sporadically and smoke, drink, or are overweight. Now get this D2, it finishes by saying no other form of exercise that researchers looked at showed comparable impacts on lifespan. So that is our kickoff for longevity and fitness. Our experts today, our team. We have the good fortune at Big Peach Running Company of having John Shiwe with us from our Swanee store, his brethren at the Swanee store, and what I oftentimes say, he is the mayor of Swanee Running, Kermit Bowen, and also one of my favorite people of all time, the person who I've known the most in this crew, Don Gibson. He shares a lot of the enthusiasm you and I have, D2, for long distances and trail running. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Good to be here. Good nice. To be here. nice. Good. Let's hear some enthusiasm, right. yeah, given here. the fact that... And I think the stores, Mike, need to have that statement in big, bold letters that... That that's true. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, you say that, Don, and before we get into some of the questions and, and the audience's opportunity to better get to know you, it also indicates in that same article that the findings come as a follow-up to a study that was done three years previously by many distinguished medical professionals, and the analysis found that as little as five minutes 
of daily running was associated with prolonged lifespan. So now we're at multiple studies by multiple researchers in multiple time periods, all saying the same thing. So here's what everybody needs to know about these gentlemen and why they are our experts. Each one of them is over 70 years of age. I say that proudly and I know they are rightfully proud of that. One thing I'll say as a disclaimer, I would very much love to have a female here as well. We polled, we don't oftentimes pull from our team as our featured conversation for you ladies out there who are over 70, please send us a note, podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. We want your story as well, but we pulled just from our team, an easy sample to get. Let's get to know these guys. I'm gonna go left to right, John. You were joking before we fired up the mic. You better tell me what you want to say because I may not remember it if too much time goes by. <laughs> Here's your reminder as a setup. Would you kind of give us just a really brief background, maybe childhood? Right. Just as importantly, when you became a runner or when you started to consider yourself a runner and then before you pass it to Don for the same information, why you believe this is still such an important part of who you are. All right. Thanks, Mike. Um, John here, uh, raised and grew up and raised and born in Dunwoody, Georgia. Native. Native. Lived right on. In, lived in Atlanta all my life and uh, uh, went to DeKalb County Schools and University of Georgia and later Emory and it's uh, I love the South, and the South is a great place to run. I uh, I was in. I played uh, baseball and football in high school. So in some team sports. Any running? Were you cross country or track and field? No, that happened at the same time as cross country, and then in the spring baseball. So I didn't run in in high school, and I played a little baseball at the University of Georgia. So I didn't run there. Um, in fact, I I didn't even run at all um, until a friend of mine got married in 1977 and we were driving home on Friday night late from the bachelor party and he said well we're going to run a race tomorrow would you like to go and I said well yeah that's fine and it happened to be the peach tree and so we just showed up and, and we ran and got violently ill and I didn't run again for almost 20 years and then had a little change of life and um, a friend suggested that I, I you know try it out and I did and um, it, it was <clears throat> not love at first sight. So approximately at what age when you came back to it after that somewhat maybe self-destructive experience at the Peachtree post-bachelor party, lack mm -hmm. of training. That runs yeah. all of us out of the sport, for the yeah. record. So second time around, roughly at what age was that? Uh, 38. 38. Okay, yeah. awesome. So 38. we're celebrating three-plus decades in the That's sport right. for you at That's this point. Right. And we're going to talk about some of your accomplishments. Don, how about you? Where did you grow up? And give us a little bit of insight as to your childhood and, and when you kind of came to running. Thank you, Mike. I, I hear a lot of people describe me as uh, a Navy brat. Okay. So we grew up moving around the country. Father was on aircraft carriers, so we didn't go with him. Um, fast forward, yes, I was active in college, soccer in college. Okay. Um, 
Fast forward, late 20s, married, started playing tennis. By 37, I realized I liked uh, Bjorn Borg's baseline game. <laughs> so I realized I need to start jogging to increase my tennis game. So that lasted about 10 years till my wife said, I'm not seeing you. I was playing tennis four days a week. So cold turkey, stopped the tennis, started jogging. And for the next, till I was 49, I would just do a couple 10Ks, maybe a half marathon at Thanksgiving. And then a lady started working where I was and said, uh, you need to run a marathon. This is early 60s. Is it? No, no. She pushed, and so, yes, did uh, five or six marathons in a year. And I was thinking, gee, this is really hard to get faster. So one of the things that we're going to ask you guys about is how you embed your running routine or your commitment to a pedestrian active lifestyle with other things that are undoubtedly part of your story and part of all of our lives, our listeners and all of us who are here. I'll be interested, Don, to hear how you somehow managed to train for a marathon in less time than it takes to pay, play two or three sets of tennis for or with your wife. Because I have to believe you were either super, super speedy or the time savings from getting out of tennis and getting into long distance running might have been somewhat minute given the fact that running a marathon is a three and a half, four hour endeavor for almost everyone, if not more. Yes, what I quickly came to find for me, mornings were better. You, your schedule is less interrupted if you got your morning run out. And when you're younger, you can get up at 4 a.m. and do a couple hour run and still go with the rest of the work day and family day. And you're on your own then. You're yes. not waiting on a tennis partner who Correct. doesn't want to play till 10 or 11 in the morning. Right. Kermit, you heard the same questions. We'll joke about the fact you might have already forgotten what they were. But I'm going to assume that you're so sharp. I just saw it at the group run. For those of you who have not listened to our Facebook Live already, go to that particular page, bigpeachrunningco.com, where you can find the link, and you'll get to know more about Kermit. Leads an awesome experience every single Tuesday and Thursday in our Swanee store. So knowing how many details you keep track of with the largest group run, I think, perhaps in the South every single week, I'm not at all going to buy that you don't remember the questions. What about your childhood? What about your running? My running started in uh, high school by accident. Um, you know, you have to go to gym back in the days to, to uh, get a grade. And um, the whistle blew and I was running around in the gym. And um, I kept on running, the whistle blew again, I kept on running. The gym teacher said, you failed gym. I had to take that back to my mother. I failed gym. That's wow. crazy. You, know? you failed gym because you weren't running fast enough? No, or you because you couldn't the whistle blew and I was supposed to stop. You and know, you just, just kept just running. running. And I just kept running. So you were not passed because you were running too much. Too much. So, But it wasn't organized. It was just a gym experience. So the coach uh, came to me, watched me. He came to me and said, uh, you know, when the whistle blows, you're supposed to stop running. Um, you're going to fail gym or come out and run for the track team. I said, track team? Eh, I guess I'll do that. I don't want to fail gym. <laughs> and so I started running with the track team. I wasn't the fastest. Um, actually, I took last most of the time training. I kept taking last, kept taking last. And, and uh, 
decided I'm going to quit because this is not working out very well for me. I have other things I want to do. I want to go to band dances and parties and stuff <laughs> like that. And um, I took off maybe a week and I came back. My body was probably fatigued. All of a sudden, I gained with the rest of the team. Um, back then, pen release was a big thing, and I was a sophomore. And um, I ran the 800 and, um, at uh, Franklin Field, Philadelphia, and I got a watch. Um, in high school, my so in my sophomore year, I ran 159 for 880. It was not the 800. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to go back a little bit. Second of all, it was cinder track, you know, so you had to wear spikes and it was dirt track, you know what I mean? So a lot of people can't visualize that now because everything is so modernized. Uh, you know, you have all this nutrition and all this. Like, nah, none of that. You didn't even have Gatorade. <laughs> Just go. Just water and go, you know, and that's it. And um, got a scholarship to college, uh, University of Maryland, and ran through college. And then after that, got married, quit running. Life got in a way, children, and uh, 225 pounds later, I couldn't get my tuxedo to go to the baseball. So I was about 45 years old. I looked at myself and said, this is not working. So I got up, started walking, started jogging, and got back in shape. And uh, came back, memory, muscle memory. Everything came back, joined Atlanta Track Club, uh, as a master's runner and been running ever since. Wow, that's terrific. Kermit, we've known each other since we opened our store here in Suwannee. We are taping in our Suwannee location for this episode, and yet I had not heard that story from a collegiate athlete on the track to somebody who walked away from the sport altogether and now is back. And the common thread, of course, John, late 30s, Don kind of in and out 20s and 30s and then commits to those long distance Kermit comes back to get back in shape and lose a few LBs. D2, one thing that we know is that it's never too late to start. And I think that has been teased out by each of these gentlemen to a very recognizable degree. So now we're going to push on you guys to make sure that both D2 and I, I'm not going to keep anything from anyone. I'm in my late 40s. I very much want to be in the exact same spot that you guys are when I'm there in 50 years or whatever the math would suggest when I'm all of a sudden 70 years of age. So as a tip, you think about whether it's 38, John, you almost can remember the year you started and then ultimately said, I'm going to stick with this mm -hmm. 30 plus years. And now we look at the fact that you guys are 70. What is that thing that has been the key to the longevity for you? Because even if you didn't start until you were almost 40 or didn't get serious about it until your mid-40s, you now have decades of experience that suggests there must be a key or a couple of tips you can pass along for those of us who want to be sitting in the same places that you are. Well, I, I, I find it fun. Okay. I find it enjoyable. I find it relaxing. I find it clears my mind. And um, for all the people who get up in the morning and go to work every day and have all the stress on them, it's the best way to relieve stress mm -hmm. and have fun at the same time. And then also, I like competition. That's a uh, thing I always liked, you know, uh, getting out there one-on-one -on -one with somebody and battling for first, second, third place, whatever. And uh, I go back to the time when 
you didn't get a medal because you ran the race. You got a medal because you won the race. Yeah. You know, things have changed since then. Well, you know, for those I, of you who are perhaps in that situation, Kermit was at one point where you're like, man, I'm not in the kind of shape I should be or used to be. Make no mistake, Kermit now is still very, very competitive, was as a Masters, was as a Grand Masters, has done both international competitions as well as representing the Atlanta Track Club in some very prestigious, you talked about pen relays in your youth, you've continued to participate in some very prestigious events. And yes. yet you just admitted that when you were 45, nobody would have come to you and said, you're going to be who we send as part of our delegation overseas. Oh, no. <laughs> John you know, or Don. I, um, I do it because I really can't reach this level of sanity in doing any other endeavor. I mean, it's just, as Carmen said, it clears your mind, helps your body, um, but the opposite of what Kermit said, being a collegiate athlete, I am very competitive too, but I look at this as the only sport that I can do where I just compete against myself. John, you know? let me make, say, say something about, about competing with yourself. One thing, this sport, this sport is very, very different than most sports. You never get a chance to line up with, play baseball with the top baseball players. Mm -hmm. You never get a chance to play tennis against the top tennis player, but you always get a chance at a race to line up in the same line with the top runners of the world. Yeah, yeah, that's the true. The only sport. That's true. That's true. You know, and, and it, if I can continue to keep it in, in my own mind, taking into consideration every year that I get older, if I can conti continue to not necessarily push myself, but push my mind and push my body. Um, it's, <clears throat> it, like I said, it's a feeling that I can't get anywhere else. Well, I know recently, and, and this may come up again, not to share this as a way to brag unnecessarily on John, but I know in the very recent past, you finished your first 12-hour run Mm -hmm. And when I asked you about what prompted that, even before we had fully arranged for this episode to be taped, your answer was the same. Mm -hmm. You wanted to challenge yourself, and you just knew that there was something in it for you that unless you went out and attempted it, you would never be able to discover it. No, and then, <clears throat> but I have to say, when I found out that I was the oldest by 18 years <laughs> to finish it. It really made me feel good. There has to be something <laughs> really made satisfying me feel good. about that. Yeah, heck with the 40, the 54-year-olds. I, you know, I'm I'm right in there. So well, and I can speak from a, maybe a different <laughs> level of experience. There was a time when I was winning races and what have you. It just does not get old, even if you don't win the race. Yeah. At our age, even D2 and I, I can tell you that when you're your late 40s. And you see somebody who looks like they're in their mid-20s and in even reasonably good shape, and somehow they ended up behind you. <laughs> I don't want to say something that's unfair, perhaps not the that's way everybody thinks, exactly but there is right. something that if you're it's unstated, exactly please right. know it is stated now. It feels yeah. really, really good. Don, like we said at the onset, I have a special kinship with you because... I've met you as a race director. I've obviously met you as a colleague at Big Peach Running Company. I've met you as a competitor in the same events that we do. And yet I just, I mean, I'm just like, wow, this guy is three, not three decades, almost three decades older than I am. 
but doing it with the same amount of enthusiasm and quite frankly, in some instances, feeling at least as good as I am. What is the, what is the tip to well, that? <clears throat> you know, and it's not running for everyone. Kermit and John and I have running, but I think you need to find something that you love that's going to keep you moving, that's going to exercise your heart and your body. Uh, both of these guys are leaner than the vast majority of our counterparts. And so as you look around yourself, men, yeah, uh, running or something active, you're just going to enjoy life a lot more. Um, so when I was 62, I had a running partner who started talking about longer distances, the first one being a 56-mile race. And I said, that's ridiculous. Don't need to do that. I hope you train. She didn't get in that race. She found a 50-mile race. So we went and did that, and we lived. The nice <laughs> thing about the ultra races is that, for me, it's just, okay, this is finishing a distance, a lot of walking involved, just that most people don't take on. And so just to finish it is a, a reward. I just like the challenge of taking on a distance that most people won't start. Well, and, and I mean, I keep hearing challenge and competition. Obviously, Kermit, you said something that is so foundational, in my opinion, to anything you're going to stick with. Ultimately, you got to find some enjoyment. You use the term fun. And although not every workout is fun, although running when it's 85 degrees and 95% humidity may not be fun in the moment afterwards, it feels fun because you're around friends or you look in the mirror and you did it. Uh, certainly, John, your term sanity, I know that we can say that somewhat jokingly. But I believe we also would say there's a mental health that comes with the physical well-being that comes up. What I want to do is quickly say this, that in any broadcast that we do or featured conversation we have, there's just a, a level of formality that comes with it when you turn on the mic. And I think anybody who's ever been interviewed or conducted an interview kind of understands what that means. Here's the thing I'll say about each of these individuals, how D2 and I see them most of the time, and that is inside the store, out at an event, or doing something that has to do with this pedestrian active lifestyle. These guys embrace and get the most out of every single moment. And Don, what you said, where you said, I am going to enjoy life a lot more. I think you guys just believe that that's part of why you always seem to be in a good mood. Not that you don't have bad days, not that you don't have tragedy or things you have to overcome. The reality is that's true. But when I think about your attitude, it's almost as impressive as the longevity itself. And Don, you left us the perfect segue of saying it kind of goes hand in hand. So not so much giving us a tip in terms of how we stick with it or what the longevity is. Talk about a benefit that maybe somebody wouldn't immediately come to you on their own. But you say, gosh, I know this is why I'm better. And somehow, maybe loosely, maybe indirectly, maybe surprisingly, I think it connects back to the fact that I've stuck with my walking and my running for so long. The fountain of youth. The fountain of youth. I mean, right out of the gates, you just, you feel young. Mm -hmm. yes. You look young. Gosh, yes. Your attitude is sometimes more than what someone would say is just youthful. It's the fountain of youth for you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It keeps you going, keeps you lively, keeps you feeling well, it keeps you healthy. I mean, all these things happen to you. You feel warm and good inside all the time, you know? So I would ask for those of you who are listening who do not feel the fountain of youth is at your doorstep or know someone you care so much about 
and you're like, wow, I know they'd love to feel like Kermit, but they're not living like Kermit. Just listen to that again. Go back, listen to that one more time, share it with your friend and say the fountain of youth is possible, but you cannot just expect it to come to you. You've got to be diligent about how you take it for yourself. And it has been through the daily, weekly, and annual commitment you make to your pedestrian active lifestyle. You got to walk out the door. Walk it out. You know, Gentlemen. I imagine something that um, Im improves your health, improves your attitude, Im improves your ability to have relationships with others. And that attitude is, say, running down. I happen to like to run in the woods. Okay. Um, uh, we can know, appreciate that, DT. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. He's not that strange, is he? He's, no. not, he's not senile. We don't need to get him any therapy. No, no. Okay, you run down a hill, and you go across this field um, that's got wildflowers growing in it, and you cross a wooden bridge, and you're... you're Living in the moment, you know, you're you're right there, like Kermit said. You're you're not thinking about stuff that you got to do. You're right there in the moment, doing that. I mean, in all of that, while you're improving all this stuff and finding the fountain of youth, and it's just. Um, let me ask you this, John. Do you think it's possible, and I can't put myself in your shoes, being a couple of decades removed, but I think about that. I can almost walk with you the way you described that wooden bridge and, mm -hmm. and the wildflowers and kind of coming out of the forest. Do you think your commitment to being active helps you appreciate that more than what you would otherwise if you were just, you know, and I'm, I could be really extreme and say, well, somebody wheeled you down the trail and said, sure. hey, take a look sure. at this. But just in general, do you think your sense of appreciation is oh, greater? Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. It it heightens everything like that. It's okay. I'm I'm seventy years old and I'm running. I'm, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, who would have thought that? It's uh, you know the o over and under on me was forty years with my friends in college. You know, he's going to get a good forty years and that'll be it, and it'll be like a firecracker going off. And well, and maybe after that first peach tree, given the fact it was post-bachelor party, I think you're, whether these were college teammates or just uh, fraternity and they brothers, they And they a, didn't really have running shoes, so that was a high-top Converse All-Star run. So it, uh, <laughs> but it, it uh, you know, it, I will say this, though. Um, <clears throat> I have days that I'm scheduled to run, and I run early in the morning, and if if it's a day that I'm scheduled to run and I don't run, um, by the time my wife is up for 30 minutes, she will say, you didn't run this morning, did you? <laughs> and, you know, I, I just love it that much. So that doesn't go away. Because every once in a while it I wonder, does, I'm like, will I be this ornery if I don't get a run in 20 years from no, now? And the answer is does, yes. It does not go away because part of it is, you know, you miss something. You know you miss something that you can't get back until you go out tomorrow. And it's just, um, it's a gift. It, so using that term, Don, and, and coming over to you, it's a gift. What is it that is a gift to you that is maybe not obvious or expected? Sure, better health, and I'm sure better, you know, test scores when you're off to see the physician for an annual checkup or what have you. But what is a real indication of, man, this is who I am? 
My, uh, my grandfather died of heart when he was in his 60s. My father, because of better medicine, uh, after his third round of heart attacks, died when he was 76. So I'm three years from that, but I know I'm in far superior health than that man who I loved, but didn't take care of himself. Uh, so the running, uh, yeah, just gives us a lot more mobility and better health than, again, many of the guys that are in our season of life. Well, and one of the things that you say, and, and your dad and my dad may have been very similar. I lost my dad when he was 74. He was a lifelong smoker who died of esophageal cancer. Now, whether I live to be 74 or not remains to be seen. But it's easy for us to talk about our mortality and just assume it's a quantity conversation. But when I hear gift and when I hear what you're talking about, Don, whether you make it to 76 or not and outlive your dad, I never met your father. But I look at the quality that you're getting and the quality of person you are without saying anything disrespectful to your dad, but thinking of my own dad and what the last 10 years of his life were like, if I only make it to 68, if the quality from 64 to 68 is better than what his was from 64 to 74, I think I'm in a pretty good spot. So quality also matters. And it sounds like for you, running is something that adds not just the prospect for quantity, but the certainty of quality. It does. And there's, a, there's a, another ad here, and I'm sure Kermit and John would agree, is that you keep yourself healthy. You're able to better, be a better partner in so many ways to your spouse, your partner, your kids, your grandkids. You know, you can be active with them, not just look at pictures. Yep. Well, and, and so that, of course, is one of the questions. I'm going to allow that as a uh, perfect setup for the next question. And that is the rest of life. So all of you guys I know are married. John, you've told me stories about how you and your son have trained for marathons and stuff like that. So I know that uh, with what Don said and what you've indicated in the past and with all the people that I've seen influenced by Kermit, that you guys have others that you've shared your knowledge and your just your enthusiasm. But I know it's not always easy. It might be because we're ordinary. We didn't get our run in. It might be because we've got responsibilities at work. It might be because we've got other things going on in our life. Think about all the rest of our lives. It's not just running. You guys don't just get up, run, have coffee, go back to bed, wait for the day to repeat itself the following day. What would you give as a way for people to be able to successfully thread real longevity, a lifelong running routine, into everything else that they're managing right now. Their kids, their work responsibilities, their mortgage, economic stresses, marriages that sometimes aren't exactly on the right track. What is it that you would say, here's what I've also learned and have had to manage? Because I am a lifelong runner, but it's not because my life's easier. My marriage is always great. My economics or my finances are always perfect. I don't ever have job stress. My kids are perfect. Don's laughing because I know that that's not the case with you guys. D2 aren't the only, and we are not the only ones who are all screwed up. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, how you thread it all together? What, is it, what, what running does is keep you, if you do it long enough for periods of time, keeps you level-headed. Okay. That, that, I, I think that's what, it, you can think things out. And if, if things are really in a bind, if you go for a run and you come back, you have a clearer vision of things. A very clear vision of things. Okay. Oh. I could have thought of that. Wow, how did I think of that? And things come to you 
And I, I think you would agree with that, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing running actually teaches you is you have to be, I've said it before, but you have to be right there in the moment while you're doing it. You have to be paying attention, you know, and listen to your body and listen, watch where you're going and that kind of stuff. And um, you have those moments that, you know, you have stuff. I have a 47-year marriage, and it it's still probably more demanding than it was, you know. When Don't it say was, that. I'm only 20 years in. Don't tell me it gets its 2x yes, at 47. Yes, it, it, it does. And then you get 10 grandkids, and then you get three children and their spouses. And um, there's always stuff going on. But, yes, you're you're more clear-headed and level-headed. And you can look at things like, okay, that means as much to you as me getting in my morning ride. And you can respond to that. And it's, uh, it's just... Um, for lack of a better term, it, it's really a blessing, it, it, a blessing in disguise. Let me ask you this. This has never been a relationship episode, so I may be treading in some really uncertain mm-hmm. waters. One of the things I found as a runner and maybe, and now, you know, I'm at 20 years, you're more than twice mm-hmm. that, that I used to think that going for a run after my wife and I, whether it was the day before or maybe even that same day had some difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. that I would come back and I'd have a stronger argument. I'd have more that was going to really push my... Instead, I'd go out for a run, and more oftentimes than I'm like, I owe somebody an apology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to really come to who I am and mm-hmm. not be that way in the future. Is mm-hmm. that So is that continue oh, to happen? Is that sometimes like, I shouldn't go for a run because no. I'm going to actually come back and apologize to you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly that. And the reverse works too. If, if I'm going, like, if I have a race and I'm going to do a race, I say, okay, remember that we need to have an argument the night before <laughs> because, because I actually run faster. Faster. But, yes, when you circle around and you get all that stuff out and you do get all that stuff out and... You're done, and you come back. It just what really matters. Yep. Well, like you said, what a blessing, Don. What would you What would you add to that? Uh, John mentioned longevity in the marriage. Uh, Nancy and I completed a 50th anniversary this past June 1st. Congratulations! Uh, That's awesome. So yes, running helps keep me calmer, as I tell. Guests in the store all the time. It's way cheaper than therapy. <laughs> and um, it, and morning runs, uh, creative time. So a problem on any level that I may have had the night before during that run, just like Kermit suggested, oh, yeah, you put tab A into slot. Yeah, it's creative time. It's good. But in, yeah, the endorphins... You feel better, but definitely a calming effect. And uh, my wife's not a runner, but it only she's only had to do this twice during our marriage. Both times it was in a restaurant, and I can tell she's looking around. And there's other men in our season of life, and she just reached across the table and grabbed my hand and said, 
Thanks for standing, Shade. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. Well, so there it is right there. I mean, it helps relationships, whether it's just being in a better state of mind or being in a better state of health. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are like, my goodness, my relationships are unsatisfying. I hate to be the one that brings this out on the table, but it might be you. Maybe it is time to just take yourself to a place where you can, man, I'm going to get myself in shape or I'm going to get myself in even better shape and it'll make me better relationally. All right, Kermit, you mentioned something earlier that is one of these things that I just have to ask you guys because you've seen so much in this sport and come and go through the years in this sport. You mentioned where it was all cinder tracks. It was before real running shoes. It was, what is it right now that you're so thankful for, whether it's a product, whether it's a, a particular element of the sport or the lifestyle? What is it you're like, man, this wasn't the case when I started. It hasn't even been the case that long, but at my age, I can tell you all, it is really, really good to have. And then I'm going to also come back around and say, what are you just frustrated by? What is it that you're like, man, how this ever bled into the sport? I have no idea. But what is it that you're like, I wish it never existed. But let's start with what you're really thankful for. Shoes, good shoes. Good shoes. Yes, okay. And it has changed a lot. Oh, You've been in a lot of shoes over those years. And the thing is, as you get older, you do need, you know, your fatty pad tissues underneath the bottom of your feet go. <laughs> So you got to have a little bit more cushioning than, than, than most people. Except for racing, of course, you come down on a light pair of shoes. But, um, yeah, shoes are probably the best thing that ever happened in, in, you know, being my age and good shoes, good support, things like that. Um, I, uh, apparel, you know, you, you can go out and run almost in anything, but the shoes is number one. Shoes is number one. Midsole technology has changed. Uppers have changed. But you put the whole package together and you're thankful. And I know our guests get to hear that from you, which is kind of cool because you can talk about what it was like long before most of them ever even knew running shoes were around. Don, how about you? How about something that you're thankful for? Yeah, there was two things that are close, but Kermit's right. Uh, A well-cushioned shoe. And the brand I like the most has spoiled me. I say I am cushion spoiled, but uh, you don't cushion... have to be agnostic on the brands that that you really care for. Who's your brand of choice, Don? Hoka. Hoka. So that maximal cushioning. You Hoka okay. guy. All right. Yeah. Right. Trailer roads. Hoka. Get me there without tearing my feet up. Um, GPS watches. Garmin's come in second. Okay. So you like that because I was wondering if technology might be one of those things where it's like, oh, I don't need a hundred song playlist. I don't really need to know how many tenths of a mile I've gone. But we'll get back to that point. But you love the technology. It sounds like you're glad it exists. Yeah. Garmin watches. That, that's a good, good, good thing. Um, I still run with. I do have a Garmin watch, by the way, but I still run with the old Timex. You know what I mean? And nowadays, people don't know what pace is. The Garmin watch spoiled everybody, so you can get out on a run. <laughs> The longer the run, Kermit, the more likely I'm going to have a Timex on my white wrist than <laughs> on my left. Yeah. Yeah. John, how about something you're thankful for that uh, oh, didn't exist wait. when you took this up at 38? Yeah, shoes are really important, and even the advances in clothing are, are really important, and apparel. And uh, um, being able to pick up the telephone and say, you know, I don't really feel like running today. Will you come run with me? Just the fact that the there's, social a, connection. there's a community out there now instead of 
you know, in, you know, if I had a hundred friends in 1980, maybe three ran, you know, and, and now if I have a hundred friends in 2018, probably 60 run. And it's um, <clears throat> just that, you know, being able to, to go to a race locally and see folks you know. And so there is a social element to it that I think is, is important for me. Well, and you probably appreciate more than what you might Absolutely. have back in 38 Absolutely. And um, um, I think John's touching on something uh, in that we all work in a store with uh, the vast majority of the people we work with and serve are a lot younger. I think that helps uh, keep you inspired to keep going, too. That's a great point and part of why we wanted to do this this episode. So mm -hmm. quickly, because I don't want to not have time for my final question, but anything that you're just like, man, how did this end up being part of who we became as, as runners or walkers that you wish or miss the good old days? And the fact that you've already said, I thought technology would be easy for some of us to rail on, but you've already said, Kermit, or was it Don? I don't remember who said it, said, man, I really like the technology. I like my Garmin. I, I, I mean, Garmin, Garmin is, a, is a tool. You know, you yep. use it as a tool. Um, I, I like How about bands at every mile? How about aid stations with all kinds of stuff where it clogs up the passage because everybody's got to get... Does any of that... You're like, no, it's all great. And it's supposed to happen. It's all part of the evolution. Or is there something... It is part of the evolution. Is it has changed. I, I think people have gotten better runners because of the nutrition and, and things like that. But... When I was coming through, coming up through running, I mean, we knew how to, we ate nutritionally correct. Mm -hmm. Now it's a quick fall here, and a quick thing this, and a quick thing that. Mm -hmm. I still eat nutritionally great, you know what I mean? So I don't have to go a quick fall here. Um, just a little story. I remember I went to a race. It was a marathon. And I don't know if you ever remember those... Um, Gosh, it was a bar. It was it tasted it was like taffy? Power bars. Power bars, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Power bars. Okay. And what we what I used to do was crack it up and put, you know put it in you know and as after a certain amount you eat it. Before that, I never used that kind of stuff, and I I ran a a, a two fifty five marathon without anything but water, mm -hmm. just water. See, and then as I got all the nutrition stuff like that. And I backed off of what I was eating. I never ran that 255 again. <laughs> so, maybe, I know. maybe you know. it's not all that. If you just run, and Kermit's suggestion I, I, might be water think, will get it done. I think the nutrition is great. I mean, there's been wonders, but I think we lean on it too much, and I think it's all hype. I gotta have this. I gotta have this. I gotta have this. You know, and the marathon's a little different. You know, I, I'm out 20. You know, you're breaking down, and the long, your longer runs like. Um, Ultras and stuff like that. Yeah, you're going to have to have nutrition. I understand that. But um, I see people running a 10K and have to have a power bar or have to have a cliff bar. Have to have 10K? You don't even need water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, I had a life-changing comment that I was going to make, but now it's completely gone. So, Well, maybe this will... 70. You know, maybe this will prompt I need some, you know, you know... So you might need nutrition. It makes me use a memory consideration more than it, it a real is. nutrition. I, I do want to say working at a store, what Don was saying, working at a store where 
Um, there are a lot of 30-somethings. Um, you do get roped into races that people look at you and say, you're absolutely crazy for doing that. And, but it, it, it's all good. <laughs> it is all good, and yet it is unfinished. So this is why I wanted to ask you guys this at the end. Just because you guys are awesome examples of what longevity and fitness looks like, I also know y'all well enough that you're not finished. So whether you peer out across the bow as we come to the end of 2018, just into 2019, or whether you've got a longer view, tell us something that is undone in your fitness or your pedestrian active lifestyle routine. What is it that's the next 12-hour, John, the next international delegation, you're part of the representation, Kermit, the next 100-mile effort, Don, in your... And it may not be an event. It may be, I just finally want to be able to finish a race with somebody who's important. I'm not going to put words or ideas in your mind. I want to know what's undone and unfinished and that still inspires you as why you've got work to do just like the rest of us in our own fitness routine. I, Who um, wants to take that? Kermit, thank you yeah. for going first. Um, Mike, you know, I've run several marathons. Um, I've qualified for Boston but never ran Boston because my theory was always run one marathon a year, no more than that. When I'm 80, I want to run the Boston Marathon. Oh, there that's, it is. That's Ooh. my goal. That is cool. So how about that? I mean, for those of you who do not know an 80-year-old, my goodness, that is really meaningful. For those of you who are lucky enough to know an 80-year-old, how many of them are already making plans to be on Boylston in that 80th year of theirs? I only that's got four years cool. to go. So I can, I four I can years <laughs> to go. <laughs> Kermit on his way to Beantown, Don or John, what say you? Um, <clears throat> well, you'd have to know that I am not a material guy, but I do want the 100-mile sticker on the back of my car. <laughs> um, uh, you want to earn it or you means, want Because no, your no, compensation no. for this podcast could very easily be... Yeah, yeah, I can go over there and get one. No, no. Runners are honest people, no. We want to, I want to have one. But a thought of mine is that one day I want to be the own, oldest guy running a particular race. So I when you did this 12-hour, you were the oldest by 18 years. Well, I was the oldest by eight. I was the oldest to finish by 18. By okay. 18. But, but a particular race. Yeah, I want to, not a particular race, just oh. a race that I'm running, whether it's a 50-mile race or maybe that Mystic 100-mile race. Um, I want to be the oldest guy there. I don't To doubt. finish, not just there. Right. I want to finish. Well, I look forward to finding out what event that is. Uh -huh. My guess is you will find it. I will. I am going to guess as well that you will do it. I will. I will. Don. I like John's attitude. And uh, so I, I've done a, a few hundreds, and so now I'm at a point where I just try and do at least 100 a year. Um, the 100 for this year will have to be next month, and I'm scheduled for one. So if I, I've been thinking, yeah, if I can just keep one a year, and I don't know for how long. Um, Boston would be fun to qualify, but uh, 
Kermit's a lot faster than me. <laughs> but, Come on out with me. But when I was, when I was in my 60s, I was thinking, oh, if I could just keep jogging until I'm 70, that would be good. And then once you reach 70, then you start thinking, okay, well, what do I need to push this back to, 75 for me or 80? That, that would be fun just to see how long you can keep going. There's that word again, and a great place to conclude this conversation. Fun. Running can indeed and should be fun your entire life. We would ask that you give this real consideration because we want you to live every single day as if it is your last, and getting those miles in is going to make each day that much better. These guys have proven it. Each of you are such a blessing to those with whom you interact, whether it's in our stores or in your lives. The phrase that comes to mind and that I will say unabashedly, young at heart, you guys are that walking embodiment of young at heart. And I will say that as the first person who was at Big Peach Running Company, that it is no mistake whatsoever that when we said the pedestrian active lifestyle is open to all, that we needed to represent that. We needed to reflect that. And what you guys are doing to reflect how open, how all-inclusive it is, body types, race, gender, economic considerations, and yes, age has no discrimination. Thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do, not just for our business, but for the communities we serve. It, it means so much and it makes a difference. D2, very cool. We're not done yet. We'll be right back after this brief message. It's been a long, hot summer, but cooler temps are finally here, and so are new fall run ATL shirts. We've got seven new fall styles and colors for both men and women. Look good and feel good with a soft, cotton-like material, but constructed with technical fabrics to wick moisture away so you can stay warm. Need something a little more casual? We've got some tri-blend shirts for that comfortable, casual look when you're just relaxing. These shirts are available at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at BigPeachRunningCo.com. Welcome back, my friends, to the post-Thanksgiving episode of the Run ATL Podcast. D2, saying that alone tells us it is true. It is official. We are in the midst of the holiday season. Season greetings to you, to all of our listeners. Big Peach Running Company once again delivers holiday cheer. We've got a couple of cool things going on. I think we should mention them. I'm going to cover some items I'm really excited about. Certainly you should tag on, but I want you then to cover a promotion that we're doing that I think offers some real value to anyone who is thinking about how Big Peach Running Company could be part of what their loved ones find underneath the tree or in the stocking. First of all, my goodness, we are so biased. That is true about Run ATL, the products that are part of that collection, and how we present Peachy, our character icon, who absolutely represents all of us who are making the pedestrian active lifestyle what it is in and around Atlanta. But we have raglan tees. We have cool sweatshirts this year that are outdoing anything we've done before. We have beanies and caps. I got an early rendition of the Big Peach Running Company pom-pom hat that is so cool. It is so comfortable. It is so stylish. 
And that says a lot for me because it takes something that is really well constructed to make me look good in it for sure. So if you have someone to stuff their stocking to make their holiday season, you need to check out the Run ATL and Big Peach Running Company collection. You can do so in any of our locations at this point or certainly see much of that collection online. Do not delay. That is not all we're doing, D2. A gift card promotion adding value on top of value. Give all of our listeners the details on that if you would please right so uh, once again we're bringing back this uh, promotion that you know when you make a purchase of uh, $200 or more you'll start earning um, you know free gift card uh, dollars basically so if you spend $200 I believe the first increment there is is $40 and every $25 uh, that you uh, spend will increase the amount of a free gift card that is awarded to you um, based on your purchase so we want to make sure that you're aware of that so please you know that's available at any of our stores so please go into one of the stores when you're shopping and you know for yourself or for someone else um, and picking up a holiday gift you know gift card is an option um, to purchase but with the purchase of $200 or more you can actually earn a free gift card as well but you'll have to mention it at the time of checkout um, for the offer to be valid so please visit us and mention the offer and you'll be awarded a gift card starting at $200 uh, purchase shop for others keep the gift card for yourself that is a sweet deal for sure we hope as we close this episode that all of you feel the same way that d2 and i feel and that is a pedestrian active lifestyle is a lifetime pursuit is a goal for d2 and i we hope it is one that we share with you as we always say as we certainly mean for an entire lifetime for this holiday season May your best miles be those covered on foot.